Right. Good evening, brothers and sisters. Welcome back once again to this worship service. We've been talking about Jesus being the chief cornerstone that was rejected, and he has become the capstone. And through that teaching, we learned that God is the owner of everything. He's the owner of the land that he has given to us. And in our present day setting, he's the owner. Well, he's the, the one who gave you gifts, talents, ability, wisdom, you know, so that we can gain wealth, so that we can produce wealth to confirm the covenant. You know, not only to meet our needs, but also to advance the kingdom of God. And so wealth creation and the purpose of wealth is very important because it relates to our calling, the destiny, and the kingdom that is prepared for us. And God wants us to be fruitful and return to Him His share of the harvest so that we may inherit the kingdom. That was what we have been learning. But today I want to share with you Jesus' teaching on managing earthly wealth. How do we manage what God has given to us? There is a parable that Jesus told, and uh, let's read this in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 16, verse 1 to 8. Luke 16, verse 1. Jesus told his disciples, there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management, because you cannot be manager any longer. The manager said to himself, What shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig, and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I will do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each one of his master's debtor. He asked first, how much do you own my master? 800 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly and make it 400. Then he Asked the second, and how much do you own? A thousand bristles of wheat? He replied. He told him, take your bill and make it 800. The master commanded the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind then are the people of the light. Let's read this last verse, verse 8 again. The master commanded his, uh, the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind 
than other people of light. So first of all, from this parable, we learn that we are the manager of God's wealth. Whatever we have, inconsistent with the teaching of Jesus that we have heard, it belongs to God. And, but God has given it to us to manage. To manage. And in this particular parable, we are told that this particular servant wasted the possessions of the master. And as a result, when the master heard about what he was doing, the master wanted to sack this servant from managing his wealth. So what is the meaning of wasting the master's possession? I'm sure this, master, uh, this uh, servant may not have uh, used the master's uh, money or possession to, to squander the wealth of the master. He has used it for himself. He has used it to accumulate wealth for his household, for his family, for his own purpose. So to waste the master's possession doesn't mean that you have used the money for, uh, and, 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 and it disappeared. But rather you have not used the master's uh, property, master's possession for according to his purpose, according to what your master intended it to be. So, we learned from our previous study that the master has a purpose for wealth. The wealth that is generated is to, confer, is, is, is to provide for our needs, first of all, but also to confirm the covenant. The wealth that we we are given charge of is to bless the nations so that the nations will come to know Him. The wealth that we have is to make a distinction of the people of God that we have the glory of God, we have a great God, we have a, a good God in comparison with those who are suffering because they do not know our Master. They do not know our God. So this morning, uh, this uh, uh, evening, I really want you to reframe what you understand about wealth and the use of wealth. Because a lot of us, we are good people. We are conscientious people. We work hard. And we uh, save the money. Yes, we do give to God a, a little portion, but the rest we just accumulate. We have it for our family, uh, for our children. Maybe just like this servant. You know, in the eyes of the people then, and even in our own eyes, sometimes we pride ourselves that we manage the wealth well. You see, that's how we, we have all these possessions and, and, and in the family. But is it serving what God has intended it to be? If not, then you have uh, uh, misused or you have wasted the possession of the Master because He has given us wealth to confirm His covenant to make us the father of 
a, a blessing to, to, to all the nations. That's what he intended wealth to be. Uh, but we call what we do as prudent, you know, we are thrifty in how we use money, right? Uh, and, but do we really use it for the glory of God? We, do we really... Are we extravagant in uh, uh, serving God's kingdom purpose? You see, when that, when, that, when that woman who came with that alabaster box of oil and seemingly wasted you know, this expensive perfume on, in, when washing the feet of Jesus, you see, the disciples are the one who criticize him her and say what a waste it costs so much you see you see our sense of value as far as wealth use of wealth is concerned can be so different from what our master what god has intended it to be so this particular servant use it for himself for his family for to, to enrich himself but not not uh, for the purpose of, of the masters, what the master wanted, right? So can you see we as Christians, we can be in that position, right? God has given us and blessed us so much and we, we just use it uh, for ourselves, uh, for our uh, family, and, but we, we are just giving so little to, to the kingdom of God. So what is Jesus teaching? on managing his resources, managing the master's wealth that is given to our church. It doesn't belong to us. It belongs to the master, but we are to manage it so that we will be fruitful for the master. Let's go back to that last verse that we read just now. The master commanded the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly for the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of light. So what happened is when this servant knew that he's going to lose his job and he's not able to, to work as a laborer because you know, he's a manager, he doesn't have that strength. He realized that and he, he begins to, to see his future. And he realized if he does not do anything for his future, then he will not be able to survive. So what he did is he called the debtors of the master and begins to use the master's money, master's wealth, and reduce the debt of those debtors so that when he loses his job, these people who have been blessed by him, who have been ministered to by him, will welcome him into their home, will take care of him. Okay, let's, let's look at the, the next verse, verse 9. He said, I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into your eternal dwellings. So, the master commanded this servant not because of his dishonesty, right? 
That is a character issue. And the master said, if you cannot be trusted with little, you cannot be trusted with much. And so, and that's the reason why he will be sacked from his job because of dishonesty. So the master is not commanding uh, this servant for his dishonesty. But the master commanded him because he acted shrewdly. He acted shrewdly. And then Jesus goes on to, to say, For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than the people of God. Verse 10. Whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So when we do not use the wealth that the Master gives us to manage in the way that He wants it for His kingdom, to glorify His name and for reaching out to others, so that we will also be welcome into our eternal dwelling, that is being dishonest. That is being dishonest, right? If we have kept all this wealth and we have just uh, uh, used it for our own purpose, for our own well-being, for our own kingdom, though we look successful in the eyes of this world, but we are being dishonest to the master because we have not used it according to his purpose. But he commanded this servant for being sure because the servant begins to realize, hey, this wealth is not mine and I will not have access to it. So now I'm going to use it to so that it will benefit me in the future. And Jesus was not talking about, you know, just earthly friends. He's talking about you will be welcome into your eternal dwelling. He's talking about using it so that it will fulfill the kingdom purpose. It will uh, reach out to others and bring others to know God, to appreciate what God has done, and so they will also be in the presence of God, in the kingdom of God, and you too will be welcome into the kingdom of God, into your eternal dwelling. That is what Jesus defined being sure. Using what does not belong to you, but you're given the responsibility to manage it, Use it so that it will benefit you in the future. That is being sure. Benefit you for eternity. That is being sure. Okay? So, from this, what Jesus talked about in this parable, you realize the master was never ever concerned about losing his riches. Because the master is so rich. His concern is this servant use what he has given to him to take care of so that he has a good future, so that he has an eternal dwelling. That is what the master is concerned about. So can you see in the mind of God when he looked at wealth, when he looked at riches, he, he was not looking 
at them from the perspective of lack. He wasn't concerned now that this, this servant has uh, used this wealth to benefit himself. Then he will lose up. He's so rich. That's not his problem. No matter how we use it for his kingdom purpose, how extravagant, how you know, we use it, so long as we use it for his purpose, he is pleased. Because when we use it for his purpose, eventually we will be blessed. We will be fruitful. We will be given the kingdom to take care of. That's what the master is concerned. Okay, so this evening, I hope we begin to look at wealth and with the minds of God, with the eyes of God, and to realize our God is so rich. Right? It's not that he doesn't have money and he wanted our, the, the, the fruits that we produce from the few, otherwise he will suffer. No, no. That's not what he's looking. He's looking at how, whether he can trust us because he has greater wealth for us to take care. He has his kingdom for us to take care. He has true riches that he wants to give to us property of our own. He wants to give to us. He wants to bless us so much, but he wants to put it in the hands of trustworthy people, faithful people. That's what the master is looking at. So, so I hope uh, we will look at wealth differently and we will know how to manage it the way that Jesus thinks about. Because a lot of us, we, we don't have the mindset of Jesus, we have the tr religious mindset, you know, prudent and, 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 and from the uh, mentality of lack and want, and, you know, but that, that is not how God looks at things. So we use wealth to gain influence for our eternal future. We use wealth to be fruitful in the kingdom of God so that we will inherit the kingdom of God in the future. But to keep wealth and, and so that it accumulates, it looks good in your bank account, uh, the property is sitting there and gaining more uh, wealth for you, you know, so that you are able to say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm gaining in riches. But when you don't use it for the kingdom of God, use it to cause it to bring fruitfulness in the kingdom of God, that is mismanagement. That is mismanagement of wealth. And uh, let's look at it in, in verse 8 and 9 again. Let's read uh, uh, verse, verse 9. I tell you, use worry wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when he is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwelling. And uh, Jesus said, the, the, the children of this world, they are more shrewd with their own kind than the children of light. That's because we have received some wrong understanding about wealth, okay, and, and, and 
rather than look at it as God looked at it, we just accumulate, you know, we are wise in the eyes of this world, but we are foolish in the eyes of God because they are not being turned around to use it for God's kingdom purpose. You see, the men in the world, when they use wealth, they use their wealth to buy influence. They use their wealth to buy friendship. They use their wealth to gain connection. And they are generous. They throw a lavish party, you know, just to gain, get that kind of connection. Why? Because they know out of it, new opportunity will be open to them because of this relationship. Right? So they do it. Because they know they are going to get a greater harvest than what they have uh, uh, used up with their wealth. But we children of light, we have that lack mentality, we have that poverty mindset. So we, we dare not spend, we dare not use it. We, we look at them and we say, you know, these people are so wasteful. Wow, spending so much like that. You know, the money could have been used for better purpose. Just like uh, uh, this uh, Judas talking about this woman who come with the alabaster box of oil. That's because we don't understand wealth. But the man in the world, that businessman, he knows. You know, that wealth is opening doors for him is gaining influence. And God wants us to have that kind of mindset so that we know how to use wealth to gain influence in this world for the kingdom of God, not for ourselves, not for selfish purpose, but for the kingdom of God so that people can see our God is a great God. Our God is a, is a God who provides. Our God has answer. Our God you know, is rich. This is what God want us to project so that the other people will come because they have needs, they have lack. So when we use wealth in this way to minister to them, to elevate their suffering, to release them of the heavy depths, they are being ministered to, they are being touched. They understand, oh God, you have helped me. God, you love me. God, you care for me. And so they, they come to the kingdom of God. And we bring a harvest to the kingdom of God and therefore we are also welcome in the kingdom of God. So handling worldly wealth, how do we handle it? Uh, verse 10 to verse 12. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? So, whoever can be trusted with very little. Wealth, money in the eyes of God is nothing. Very little. He owns everything. He owns everything. What is this? But he used it to gauge our faithfulness, our character, to gauge our understanding of, of the values of, of wealth. 
so that we will be faithful and trustworthy people to handle this worldly wealth. And, and so being faithful, again, is using the worldly wealth, which does not belong to us, but is given to our trust for God's kingdom purpose, for the benefit of God's kingdom purpose. That's being faithful. Being faithful doesn't mean that, okay, I save all my money, I, you know, I accumulate, you know, I don't own any debts, I, 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 I don't need people to help me because I have enough, my family have enough. That's good. That's good. But the thing is, if that's all you do, you are being untrustworthy. You are being dishonest. You are not faithful because God intended the wealth to do more. to advance the kingdom of God, to confirm the covenant. So it really tests our heart, you know, when we handle wealth. And, he, and uh, uh, Jesus go on to say in verse 13, He said, No servant can serve two masters. And he's either faithful to one, and hate the other, or he loved the other and, 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 and hate this other one. Okay, no, no servant can serve two masters. And then verse 14, the Pharisee who loved many heard all this and was sneering at Jesus. Right? So, money, the way we handle money really tests our heart, who is really our master. And money can replace God. It's a direct challenge to God's uh, lordship in our life. That's why Jesus said, you know, there are these two masters. It's mammon or God. You can serve one or you can only serve one of the two. And so can you see, money is related to everything we do. Money is the answer to a lot of problems, probably all of our problems, right? Up to a certain extent. So everything is related to money. It is a competitor for our hearts against God. And, and in many cases, it even replaces God. So the Pharisee, they... Outwardly, they seem to be serving God. Outwardly, they seem to know God. They know the laws of God. They practice the laws of God. But Jesus knew their heart. They are gripped by the power of mammon. They are serving uh, 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 this, this money or this wealth rather than really serving God. So we as Christians, we can be in that kind of position, right? When we do not understand the purpose of wealth and we just accumulate, just use it for our own purpose, and we would fall into this trap of uh, being unfaithful to God. But in our mind, we think we are faithful because we give a, a little to God, right? But everything belongs to God, and, and God wants what He wants, not because He's poor, but rather to test our heart, to test our faithfulness, so that eventually He has a greater kingdom, a, a, a true wealth, and true riches, true property for us to, to, to inherit. So how we handle money 
now has everything to do with the kingdom of God, has everything to do with Jesus being the capstone, uh, being the chief cornerstone, uh, so that we can know how to use it as a faithful servant of God and enter into our inheritance. Okay? So we're going to pray right now and close this meeting. Father, we thank you for the revelation about the values of wealth and what you intended it for us and uh, for your kingdom purpose. And Lord, we pray that this teaching will open up our minds so that if our value system is wrong, we pray that, Lord, that we'll be set free, we'll be able to see the true meaning and true purpose of wealth creation and uh, the purpose of wealth in this end time. We pray that we will be people who are faithful to you, trustworthy people, as far as hindering worldly wealth is concerned, so that we will receive the kingdom of God. We will inherit what true riches and, and property of our own in the days to come because we have proven ourselves to be faithful and trustworthy. So bless us, bless everyone in this different home so that we can uh, know how to truly use whatever talents and gifts and, and, and wealth that you've given to us for your kingdom purpose. We thank you, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you again next week.